0: Download the KBOI Radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back
1: to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk
2: KBOI six oh six. Good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Rick Worthington also with us uh, this hi, morning. Hey, hey, You so know, Mike, could be something done about late night tip offs, <laughs> and especially when a game is like it was last night because. First of all, the uh, tip-off was 8.30, so the game doesn't get over until almost 11. And then I'm so keyed up that I can't get to sleep Mm -hmm. for another hour. And then my wife uh, came home from her travels last night at about 12.30. So, uh, yeah, I'm operating on about three hours of sleep. (laughs) Yep, I get you. But the good news is, and you'll talk more about this uh, here in sports this morning, Boise State still on track. To win the Mountain west championship for a second year in a row, winning against a uh very determined New Mexico team last night um, absolutely uh craziness um, it took a while for them to uh, get going, but scored fifty one points in the second half to take the lead crazy uh stat for the game um, the game at new mexico this is this is just a crazy stat. Score at halftime was 37 to 31. Boise State was ahead. Mm-hmm. New Mexico came back to win. You know, score of last night's game at halftime? Hmm. 37 to 31. New Mexico was ahead. Boise State comes back to win. Although this game was in a more convincing fashion than New Mexico won yeah. at the
3: pit. That is quite a
2: coincidence. Um, huge congratulations to the defense last night, holding two of the best guards in the Mountain West. First time in 43 games that Mashburn has been held to single-digit points. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> um,
3: that is an accomplishment.
2: Yeah, that was. I think he ended up scoring seven points. Is all last night. So good job, Boise State. <laughs> they they still have uh, man, a man a super super rough road. Um, but if they keep winning, it's all in their hands. They probably have the toughest final games of the season out of the teams that are competing. Nevada, kind of the easiest road, because they don't play anybody in the upper echelon. We still have to
3: play San Diego
2: State. We have to play San Diego State. San Diego State has us and New Mexico. They only have two games left. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun final uh, couple of uh, weeks.
4: I think that Utah State game on the road is going to be a tough, be tough one. That's going to be tough, yeah. Especially watching, they shoot the ball so well.
2: Watching what they did to uh, Nevada, when Nevada was uh, mm-hmm. up by 21 points and then come back to easily beat them in, in the game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to uh, hang on to that. Um, but, uh, good win for Boise State at least last night and also a highly entertaining game to watch. Still come away just as, as impressed as heck as Max Rice and what he has accomplished from the, when he entered as a freshman and then a redshirt freshman playing very little, then he had the injuries to go through. And he, he's kind of the glue, I think, this year that is holding this team. 30 points? 30 points last night. He had some amazing three-pointers, and that's towards uh, the last few minutes, three or four minutes of the game, he had back-to-back three-pointers that mm. gave Boise, Bo- Boise State the lead that they would never give up. So just a fun game to watch last night or listen to on News Talk KBOI. Only one more home game, by the way. San Diego State next week. That's a big one. That's a that's a quad one win if San Diego State yeah. um wins their game against New Mexico at the pit which is not a given. Um New Mexico looked great last night at times. Um, First half. Yeah, they just looked unstoppable dropping threes, um fast, playing great defense. Um so San Diego State could come in here next week as a top 20 ranked team it if they win it in is New Mexico.
3: fantastic when your opponent looks good and you still defeat them
2: yes yes it is so this will be a big game next week um, here on news talk kboi uh, by the way we gave away just a whole massive amount of tickets last night and that crowd was loud listening to it on television mm-hmm. last night good job with the crowd last night a uh, big crowd um my guess is san diego state's going to be sold out that's the final home game and kudos to nate shellman he is currently diligently working on getting us more tickets to give away next week for the San Diego State game. That'd be nice. For free, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I got mine. Tuned.
4: I'm going. Are you going? Yeah.
2: When's it? Do we know the tip-off of that game yet?
4: I want to say it's 7 o'clock, but I'm not positive. I'll okay. double-check. Five, I thought, but I, I don't know oh, for sure. Five
2: would even be better.
4: Yeah. I'm going to look right now. 7 p.m. tip-off time, mountain time.
2: What are the... Uh, San
4: Diego State at Boise State. Tuesday? I guess that's five Alaska yeah. time.
2: Tuesday? Okay. <laughs> so uh, next Tuesday night, I wonder if I'll be able to uh, watch this in Cancun.
4: It's a CBS Sports Net game, so I chances are good if you have the app.
2: I, I, I'm hoping I can watch it. If not, guess what? I do have the KBOI app, so I can listen oh. to it you know, that way it's, it's uh, hard. while I'm it,
3: on it, vacation. It's, it's hard week. to watch a basketball game in Spanish, because, I mean, every basket.
2: <laughs> Go! Stop Go! it. Stop it. Uh, coming up here for you uh, this morning, some of the things we're going to be uh, talking about. Uh, first of all, we have Idaho legislators in once again today. Um, we've got the Senate that will be in a little bit later on this morning. We'll be talking about um, legislative news. I didn't realize, uh, this is kind of weird to me about how slow a start that we ha- have got yesterday. Nate Shellman talked, uh, with Bruce Gog, and we're going to talk about the bill that he has coming up here a little bit later this morning, uh, about firing squads, voting for firing squads to come back to Idaho. We want to get your impression and what your thoughts are bringing firing squad, uh, back to Idaho for death penalty. Um, but apparently, did you know that not one bill has passed as of yet? We're, we're, we're almost two months into the legislature. Next week will be the end of February. There is not one bill that has been passed and given to the governor to sign as of yet. Two months into the legislature, yeah, like they're that. still
4: debating, and you know that that's part of the deal. You you bring something out, and then they talk about it for a while, and sometimes that gets you past the halfway point.
2: Sounds like they're going to be very because Bruce Scogg says their plan, the House, is plan, uh, third week in March to be done. That's four weeks, so. They've got a lot of bills to get done and passed. Some of the stuff they have to do has to do with education and how to spend that money. I mean, they legally have to do that before mm-hmm. they leave. So it'll be interesting if they're going to leave on time. But their their plan to signy die in the, at least the, a house is, uh, I think, third week in uh, March. According oh, to sure. When, Scott yesterday. when you can come
3: back anytime you want, you know, why not just knock off? <laughs> well, I
2: guess that, that could be true, too.
4: Wh- who cares, right? I don't know that. There's anything standing in the way of them getting out on time right now. It seems like all the bills that they have out there are, you know, there's nothing that's too controversial out there. Um, And, and, you know, when we had them stay late, it's because they, they hadn't finished the big things that they were talking about. So we still need to see the property tax thing, which there's been some forward momentum on that and they got to appropriate all their things, but you know, JFAX in charge of that and they're
2: yeah. on track. So. Well, and the education is the thing I was talking about that has to be done um, by law. It has to be done. And you're right. The appropriation stuff, um, you know, education, it's going to be interesting to see because there is kind of controversy with the education savings account. Mm-hmm. You know, is that going to be passed this year or not? We'll have to wait to see, but those are some of the things we'll be talking about. Uh, coming up this morning at about 8.35, the legislature's uh, legislators in today. We've got Senate Assistant Minority Leader uh, Senator James Ructy of uh, Pocatello in, and also uh, my senator comes in today, Todd Lakey, District 23 in uh, Nampa. So we'll be talking with them beginning at about uh, eight. 35 this morning right now it's time for our first check on sports rick worthington here the uh sports update can we talk to you. about the
4: basketball game I and mean, we we gave the we yeah. gave the score away but i mean we should talk Actually, about it I did
2: i didn't give the score i just said that they won uh by the way um pork belly is our sponsor once again pork belly sausage stuffed red pepper soup is their special oh today Chef Wally makes the best soup. I I don't care what soup it is, he makes the best soup, and he's making this is his soup. Get out today and find out just how delicious his soups are. All right, thirteen point second half
4: comeback propelling Boise State past a thirteen point deficit in all to beat New Mexico in front of almost ten thousand fans at Extra Mile Arena last night. Final score eighty two to seventy seven. Broncos really. Shooting much better in the second half. I think they shot thirty-five percent of the first half, something like forty-five percent in the second half. Everybody except Degenhart. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: It was oh, it's all
4: for seven from three. But give it one. to give it up to Max Rice. Yeah, who had a thirty-point game, the best scoring game of his career so far, his first thirty-point game, and some of the shots he made. <laughs> well, they were clutch, you know, and and you know sometimes. On one foot, and not not exactly <laughs> facing up to the basket, but uh, he did a really good job last night. Uh, Coach Rice talked after the game, said he knew that New Mexico was going to give him a handful based on how they had played in their last couple of games.
5: I told you how good they were playing at San Jose, and they carried that over into here. And, uh, you know, it was, I mean, they came with it the first half, and You know, the thing I said to our guys at halftime is, like, guys, Tyson had some great looks that he's going to make, and we're right there. You know, so we just hang in there and defend a little better, rebound just a little bit better, and we beat him on the glass in the second half, and that probably won us the game.
4: Well, they did. They got it done. And... I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm looking forward to the San Diego State game, but you got to take care of business on the road this weekend yeah. first. You got to beat San Jose State on the road, and they've given teams some trouble in the past, especially when they play at home. That will be a 5 p.m. tip-off time, by the way. That is Saturday, and we'll have it for you right here on 670 KBOI. KBOI news time
1: is 6.17
0: Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: Yes, it is. And if you want to get through to us and be a part of the show, we always encourage that. And it's very easy to do. Easiest way, of course, is to call us at 208-336-3700. If you have a a Verizon phone, all you have to do is hit pound 670, toll free 1-800-529-5264. Some of you may not be able to call because you have horrible bosses and they don't allow you to make phone calls to radio stations on uh, company time. Um, You can email us, chris at kby.com and mike at kby.com. I can can see an argument for those being good bosses. (laughs) Mm, Possibly. Um, Job fair coming up here today. Those of you looking for a uh, job, several Caldwell area employers seeking multiple workers at a hiring event going on today beginning at 10 o'clock Goes 10 to 1 today, Idaho Department of Labor, Caldwell office, located at 4514 Thomas Jefferson Street. Employers are looking to fill positions, uh, include the City of Caldwell, St. Luke's, DMB Supply, Idaho Youth Ranch, University of Idaho Extension, the Trinity Home Care and Resource Plus uh, More. Types of jobs to be filled are varied, including a nutrition instructor, front-end loaders, IT technicians, etc. You can find a full list of employers and additional information on the uh, Labor Department's website under Calendar of Events. Representatives um, say that job seekers should dress for success. That means don't wear sweatpants and a ratty old t-shirt in, Um, dress like You know, you want the job, bring your resume, and also be prepared for interviews. They're going to be interviewing for the jobs there today also. Dress for
3: the job you want,
2: which, by
3: the way, does not mean to show up, you know, (laughs) dressed like an astronaut.
2: So, once again, that is going on 10 to 1 today. If you're interested in uh, one of those jobs or just want to get information on those jobs and find out, it's going to be going on at the Idaho Department of Labor office in Caldwell today. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, coming up for you this morning. Didn't have a chance to give away the tickets because we had so many Boise State tickets to give away yesterday. The uh, Kids fairs coming up this Saturday, Expo, Idaho. And if you would like to go, we have a couple of different five-packs. So that will get you and your family in coming up this morning listen in sometime within the uh, next hour or so we'll give you your first chance to win be ready to call it 208-336-3700 and we'll give you a chance to do that coming up here uh sometime this morning like i said we'll have two chances for you on the way coming up this morning here on news talk kboi
1: broadcasting from the empire title studios we are our news talk kboi 6:33.
2: 6:33. It's 29 degrees in downtown Boise. It's going to be uh, windy again today. That's kicked up uh, last night, probably around eight, nine, ten o'clock, uh, where that wind really started to uh, hit. Um, I'm going to be really enjoying some warm weather here uh, next week. I'm tired of this cold weather. Uh, 1,900 flights were canceled or postponed yesterday across the United States because of the uh, snow coming down uh and blizzard conditions minneapolis Mm. was horrible los angeles area got snow yesterday los angeles doesn't get snow it's unusual for them yeah very unusual so that gives you an idea of uh you know the cold blowing across the united states as far south as los angeles getting snow um, probably got about as much snow as we got here in boise didn't stick very long ours is still kind of on the ground uh, but anyway, they, they did get that. Reminder for you, uh, coming up tomorrow morning is, uh, an- it's Friday, of course, uh, another sweet deal coming your way. Um, this sweet deal though has nothing to do with food has something to do with what you would get some training in. Idaho Enhanced Academy, private firearm training and tutoring classes uh, are available coming up tomorrow morning for half price. Tutoring classes available weekdays from Premier Enhanced CWP Training in Treasure Valley. Idaho Enhanced Academy has something for everybody, novice all the way through to the experienced shooter. And tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, this goes on sale at KBOI.com. Fantastic deal once again. Half price, $125. That's the value. And you get it tomorrow morning, first come, first serve, for $62.50. Well, maybe you're thinking about buying a gun. You want to get some training before you uh, do that. Or after you've bought your gun, you want to get some training in it. Here's your chance to do it at a fantastic price. Like I said, it goes on sale coming up tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, and just like usually, go to KBOI.com, click on the Sweet Deal link, and take advantage right at 9 o'clock. Don't forget to hit the refresh button, <laughs> or you'll be sitting there going, why isn't this working? Mm-hmm. Sweet deals also available right now. If you want to take advantage of those, check them out. Um, you don't have to wait till Friday morning on those. Go to KBOI.com, click on the Sweet deals link, and you can take advantage of any of those deals anytime. Matter of fact, if you're listening to us right now and want to take advantage, it'll work right now 641 uh Dow up uh yesterday uh Dow futures up 46 points uh as of this morning uh waiting on the GDP numbers and also the uh, job numbers Find out what the stock market is and how they're going to react coming up this morning. Well, those GDP numbers. <laughs> Jeremiah Bates, of course, will be with us coming up in about 40 minutes or so to uh, talk about what the numbers mean, uh, specifically for uh, us here as uh, Idahoans. That'll be on the way in about 40 minutes. Uh, also coming up after the top of the hour, are going to talk about a bill proposed in the Idaho legislature yesterday to reinstate firing squads as an execution method in Idaho. We'll get your thoughts. matter of fact, if you want to weigh in right now, think this is a good idea? A lot of this is based on the fact that 35% of lethal injections last year in the United States for death penalties were botched. And Idaho had one particular death penalty that was supposed to happen in December of last year, and because they couldn't get, and by the way, still can't get the required chemicals, chemicals for, don't know if they're ever going to be able to. Um, if if Idaho wants to carry out the death penalty as we are legally allowed and required to do when it you know is is needed, then they're going to need a different way, possibly than lethal injection want to get your thoughts coming up on uh, that before we talk about it coming up here this morning. 208 336 If you want to uh, give your thoughts, email us right now, uh, mike at kby.com or chris at kby.com. Uh, email already in this morning from Henry. Henry says, uh, did I hear you right? St. Luke's mentioned that they'll be at the Canyon County Job Fair today. I'm not picking on them, but didn't they just announce a, announce a bunch of layoffs a few weeks ago? Something like 3% of their workforce? I guess I can't quite understand how you can be going through layoffs yet be present at a job fair looking for new employees at the same time. Well, they need new people. They just laid off a bunch of them. <laughs> well, here's here is the other thing they might do. And I, I don't know, but they could have laid off people from places where they didn't need those particular people, but they have other areas. I mean, St. Luke's is a big employer. They have a lot of different jobs. They may have job needs in other areas. Maybe,
3: maybe. stay with me here maybe they laid off people uh making full-time wages and are looking for people who want to make
2: part-time wages that could also very well be a possibility but yeah st luke's did announce that they're going to be at the job fair coming up here once again this morning uh that job fair by the way going on in caldwell 10 a.m to 1 p.m this afternoon time for another check on uh what's going on with sports with rick worthington again this update is brought to you once again, by the Pork Belly in Cuna, the place to go for lunch, brunch, and breakfast every day. They open up here in uh, 15 minutes. Also, for uh, lunch today, don't forget, if you uh, like uh, just any kind of soup, uh, this is a soup to try for you today. Pork Belly and Sausage Stuff, red pepper soup today. Made by chef wally it's delicious try it out for yourself it's part of their uh lunch menu uh new and improved items we'll be telling you more about the new items on the menu from chef wally coming up in the next few weeks good morning the boise state men's basketball team erased a six point
4: deficit at halftime and they picked up an 82 to 77 win last night over new mexico Bob Beeler with the latest.
6: The Broncos only made 7 of 27 from 3, but Max Rice was 5 of 10 and scored a career-high 30 points. Needing a win to stay in the race for the Mountain West regular season title, I asked Max Rice if they feel pressure to keep
7: winning. At one point in the second half, we seemed a little tight, and I, can't, I brought the guys together and I said, this is fun. Like, this, these are the games you live for. I, mean, I think everyone took that a little bit and just started enjoying it a little bit more. And I think you saw in some of my shots, I just felt like, why not? Like It's, it's that time of the year. If we're going to win this, I've got to make a couple of these.
6: With a victory Saturday at San Jose State, the Broncos will set up a first-place showdown with San Diego State next Tuesday at Extra Mile Arena. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI.
4: No games on the schedule tonight in the Mountain West. There are three games, though, scheduled for Friday. Air Force will be at UNLV, Wyoming at Colorado State, and the Nevada Wolf Pack head to Fresno to take on the
1: Bulldogs. I'm Rick Worthington. And Shapiro this afternoon at one. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: Currently it is 29 degrees in downtown Boise at 6:58. By the way, I want to thank uh, Representative Jason Monks gave us call. This is great about we're just a few blocks away from the uh, state house, and uh, we get calls from time to time. From representatives and senators, of course, every Thursday and Friday morning, we talk to legislators, but uh, he just called us up this morning um, because in in talking yesterday, uh, Bruce Scog was on with Nate Showman yesterday and said he didn't think one bill had passed and landed on the governor's desk. Jason Monks called this morning to say um, that was incorrect. One bill. Has been passed by the legislature and uh, the governor has signed that bill. Tax conformity bill is already done and away with. So if you were worried about tax conformity, ladies and gentlemen, it's done and over with. We don't have to talk about it anymore. All right, then. There, there you go. Thank you, thank you, Representative Monks, uh, for giving us a call and uh, straighten that out. Coming up here for you this morning, uh, we've got a fifty dollars gift certificate. Once again, pork belly in. Cuna. You can use it for lunch, you can use it for breakfast, you can use it just for a snack. Chef Wally now the um, big cheese in charge of the kitchen. Uh, and man, there is some deliciousness being worked on right now. He's uh, working on redoing the menu. We'll talk more about that coming up. But here's your $50 gift certificate if you can answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For any real estate needs, call 208 4128 Our question today This president, while at a dinner party, was seated next to a columnist and was told by the columnist that she had made a bet that she could get him to say more than two words that night. The president responded, you lose. And those were the only two words he spoke the entire evening. (laughs) Which president was it? If you know, stick around after eight. You can win.
0: Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the listen live button. Now back to Mike Casper
1: and Chris Walton. This is
0: Casper and Chris,
1: live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
8: Now, there are 27 states, including Idaho, that currently authorize capital punishment in the United States. And as you're probably aware, the death penalty is complicated.
2: It is complicated, but Idaho trying to make it uh, a little bit easier by adding a second form of the death penalty a bill proposes to reinstate firing squads as an execution method here in idaho legislature currently talking about that representative bruce Scog, uh was uh, on with nate showman yesterday bruce Skog is the one who is a sponsor of the bill introduced it talking about firing squads by the way if you want to weigh in this morning love to hear your thoughts on whether or not idaho should reinstitute firing squads this doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you believe in capital punishment this is completely different i mean capital punishment is here in idaho and my guess is it's here to stay for the foreseeable future this is specifically about what you think about firing squads being reintroduced here in idaho Ruskog was on yesterday with Nate Shulman, talked a little bit about it, and why uh, he thinks it's a good idea to bring back firing squads.
9: It's a must. Um, We have to carry out our laws. It's a rule of law in Idaho that we execute those who commit first-degree murder, and it's certain. And we can't do that now because we can't get the chemicals that we need to to carry out the executions, and we may never get those chemicals again that we need for those executions for various reasons. So the alternative in the bill is to do the firing squad. Other states are now doing that for the same reasons, um, and it is not cruel or inhumane to have firing squads historically. And so that's why it's because we need to carry out justice.
2: Once again, Idaho State Representative Bruce Skog, who introduced the bill, also uh, needed to ask him about what kind of pushback he is coming from people who are um, voting not necessarily against firing squad, but just. They don't agree with the death penalty and voting against it for that one specific reason.
9: We haven't run into the arguments yet. Okay. Um, most people, even, even those that are against the death penalty, understand we have to carry out the rule of law in Idaho. And we have victims who have been promised justice, and we haven't carried that out. And also, on the lethal injection, a lot of those are botched. Uh, and in fact like maybe six percent eight percent are different percentages but they're boshed and messed up and that gets to be a little bit cruel and unusual punishment in and when that happens firing squad is certain
2: yeah that's true <laughs> firing squad is is certain the method this would just be a secondary method by the way the primary method for the death penalty in Idaho would still continue to be lethal injection. But uh, according to experts, we're not, as of right now, able to get the ingredients needed for a lethal injection and don't even know when or if they will become available again here in Idaho. Mm. So the legislation would add firing squad as a secondary method of execution when lethal injection is not available. So this, if you want to know, it's like, well, how often does this happen? This would have happened in December, for instance. Gerald Pizzuto Jr., planned execution, was supposed to happen mid-December sometime, um, but was finally just completely called off because Idaho could not get the drugs needed for a lethal injection, didn't know when they would become available, so they just completely let the death warrant expire, and now Pizzuto will live out the rest of his life. He's terminally ill, supposedly, um, with cancer and diabetes and high blood pressure and dementia and all that stuff.
3: See, it works itself out.
2: (laughs) I don't have a problem with this. I really don't. I, I, I mean, you're, you're dead one way or the other. Um, there are some people who claim, you know, death by firing squa- squad is cruel and unusual. And as Representative Scog said right there, it's also cruel and unusual. It, it, 33%. Well, I wouldn't say being killed with a gun is unusual in this country. No, that's true. Um, but 33% of lethal injections were in some way, shape, or form botched last year. Either they couldn't find a vein, took hours to find a vein, kept digging around, or they ended up stopping because after trying to find a vein, they couldn't get it. They couldn't find a vein. That, to me, would be more cruel and unusual, laying there while, you know on a bed strapped down, yeah, somebody digging around, point, cutting around, trying to find a vein. The
3: point being, it's not difficult to kill someone. It's difficult to kill someone if you only want to do it just one way.
2: Yeah. By the way, if you're curious, Idaho legally allowed firing squads from 1982 to 2009. So it's only been 2009 since remember, we remember, disallowed firing squads. You remember
3: Gary Gilmore in Utah? Yeah. 1977. He was the first person executed in the United States in like 15 years. And uh, he was executed by firing squad.
2: And he, he chose that, Right. If I remember correctly?
3: I don't remember exactly.
2: There have been people in the past, you know, you, you're given a, some states, you know, you're given a choice. Do you want to be hung? Do you want to be electrocuted? what, Whatever. And, you know, that some choose firing squads. By the way, even though we got rid of firing squads in 2009 and it was legal since 1982, um, firing squads were never used during that entire time that it was legal in Idaho.
3: Idaho yeah, hasn't. I think, I think there have only been two executions in Idaho in the last several decades.
2: Idaho hasn't carried out an execution since 2012. That was the last execution. Yeah, and before that, it was maybe 1988. Yeah. House Minority Leader Alana Rubel, who has been on with us here at News Talk KBOI, uh, asked Skog if firing squads met requirements of the Eighth Amendment that punishment is not supposed to be cruel and unusual, as Skog said. And he also said that uh, here with Nate Shelman yesterday in his opinion. The method was more humane because of the chances that lethal injections can be botched. And pretty much, firing squads work every single time. Your thoughts, if you want to weigh in this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Text message in, no name on this, says, Guys, firing squad sounds all well and good, and a lot of guys and gals will say they can and would pull the trigger, but huge difference when actual body is in front of you. Years ago, I watched a show about execution. Cleanest and fastest ways by a guy who helped develop execution item was a good old-fashioned gallows. I, You know, in thinking about this, I'm not sure any way I want to... Gee I, was, we could hold it in the public square. Some people believe that that's the way it should be done, that it might, if people watched it again, it might some, deter... Some people believe in a lot of stuff. Yeah, it might deter people... If they see how horrific it is. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Because it is horrific. You're, you're taking a life from somebody.
3: I mean, might as well bring the guillotine into this.
2: 208-33, there, there would be a, you know, that that's for sure too, isn't it? I guess, no, nah, not necessarily. There have been botched guillotine what was, deaths um, either. George, you know what I mean?
3: George Carlin suggested uh, catapulting somebody into a brick wall on... Uh, National television at halftime during the Monday night
2: football game. He
3: thought that would be uh, tremendous ratings.
2: It would be huge ratings, wouldn't it? You gar- I guarantee that, 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 that would be huge ratings. That would be my guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's get a check on what's going on with sports once again for you this morning. By the way, if you want to hear the uh, whole interview, we just gave you a couple of highlights with Bruce Skog yesterday. Nate Shelman had him on his show. If you want to hear the whole interview, go to his podcast, uh, KBOI.com. Click on the link. This update on sports brought to you by our friends, uh, once again, at Pork Belly in CUNA. You want to check out their menu? Also, follow them on Facebook. Check out their menu, com. Follow them on Facebook. Uh, you can get in on some of the daily specials.
4: You stayed up last night, then you saw it. Boise State came up with a much-needed 82-77 to win over New Mexico to stay within one game of San Diego State for first place in the Mountain West. Bob Beeler has more. Max Rice scored a career-high 30, making 5 of 10 from 3 to base the
6: Broncos' offense, while the defense held New Mexico's guards Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Jalen House to 6 for 29 shooting and just 21 total points. Max Rice spoke post-game about the defensive success.
7: Shave did a great job contesting those mid-range jumpers. He blocked one of them and altered at least four or five of them. Uh, and then Buzo's a very strong guard, too, with a lot of size. So those two can really um, affect a lot of shots. And then I try to just I try to help get my hands in there. The
6: Broncos are at San Jose State Saturday, needing a win to set up a first-place showdown with San Diego State next Tuesday at home. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI.
4: And as Bob mentioned, San Diego State is the top Team in the Mountain West, they're 13 and two in conference and 22 and five overall. Boise State, just one game behind 22 and six overall and 12 and three in the Mountain West. Just one game behind that is Nevada. They're 11 and four in conference. Utah State is 11 and five in conference. And then New Mexico, well, they've had problems this year. They're 20 and eight overall, but just seven and eight in conference games. I'm Rick Worthington. I'm for
1: the Morning Market Report.
0: Powered by CapEd Credit Union.
1: Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens.
0: Sponsored by Tree City
2: Advisors.
1: On News Talk, KBOI, Boise.
2: 723 Jeremiah Bates uh, with us this morning uh, as we talked about yesterday by the way we're seeing uh, up uh, futures are up across the board uh, as of this morning ahead of the opening uh, but we talked to you a little bit yesterday uh, about Fed Minutes being released yesterday afternoon. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. also want to talk about the jog, jobless claims that are out this morning, but let's start with Fed Minutes. Uh, what did we hear from the Fed in the uh, about the last meeting?
10: Yeah, the, from, from the takeaways, I mean, it's nothing really transformative. I mean, we basically had all the officials in favor of a quarter of 1% interest rate hike at their next meeting, which is March 22nd. You do have a few outliers, maybe the more hawkish members that they they did make a case for a half of 1% rate hike. They made it clear that there's really no chance for a pivot, meaning that unless there's some significant uh, drop in our economy or the unemployment picture changes, that basically they have a mission to bring down inflation, so they're, they're not going to budge. Now, when we look at the market reaction to this, it, yesterday was relatively flat I mean, in the grand scheme of things, and then we're seeing a bit of a bump today, which we can get into, which I don't think was really a, a driving force behind the Fed meeting minutes, but the market's essentially pri- already priced in, what they expect to be a peak Fed funds rate of close to 5.5%. Now, could that change? Of course it could. We could see things get a little bit more dynamic as we go into the year. But if you look at the data that was released, transitioning into the jobless claims that were released, again, job, initial jobless claims came in lower than anticipated. We're hitting a, a, a week low, and conti- or week, a week over week low, and continuing jobless claims continue to come in lower than expected. So again, we have a basically a fully employed America. We have uh, what you could coin the term as labor hoarding. I mean, people understand that, hey, trying to find people to fill spots is a bit tough, so they are doing their best to retain employees. So you have... And then additionally, you have core PCE, the um, uh, consumption index, which was up 4.3%, which came in higher, which is actually the Federal Reserve's preferred gauge of inflation. So meaning we're still having data come in that still shows that inflation is staying stubbornly high. The Federal Reserve really didn't a, give us any major takeaways from yesterday. The base, major investors, big big institutional money is, is is expecting that, hey, we've already priced in what the, what the interest rates are going to be. And now we're looking at futures market with the NASDAQ up pretty significantly, up over 1%. And that's due to some very stellar performance out of some earnings reports, particularly out of your chipmaker NVIDIA, which is really rising that tide. But from the Fed meeting minutes, uh, nothing, no, no huge takeaways that I think the market could really make a decision on to the upside or the downside.
2: All right, just real quickly before we let you go, uh, jobless report. What are we hearing uh, on that this morning?
10: Yeah, so it came in at 192,000 initial jobless claims. Uh, we were expecting 200,000, so coming in lower than expected. Again, people, we are in a flo- we are a basically a fully employed America, and companies that have employees, they're going to do what they can to keep them. So that's why we're not seeing that number change much. And by the way, for a recession to come into fruition, we do need to see unemployment tick up. We do need to see that number change, and we're just not seeing it yet.
2: All right, Jeremiah, looking like we're going to. Uh, up at least a little bit here as we open up in a few minutes we'll get an update from
0: you in an hour and talk to you tomorrow morning thanks gents drive home live and local with nate shellman this afternoon at three now back to mike casper and chris
1: walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk
2: kboi 742 congratulations going out to isaac bean was caller number six picked himself up a five pack of tickets for Kids Fair coming up this Saturday at Expo, Idaho. Don't forget, we have another pair that we're going to be giving away this morning. So if you didn't win there, keep listening. Your chance to win coming up before 10 o'clock this morning here on News Talk KBOI. Um, email in. Why do you do it? I've checked webcams everywhere yesterday and today. I've looked for news reports. I've searched out images. Nowhere can I find a single spot in Los Angeles where it snowed. Unless, of course, you meant wet snow. Our family usually calls that rain. Why do you lie to your listeners? The only reports I can find are predict snow yet to come. None has fallen yet. Perhaps you should start doing a little research before you speak on the air. Your sources don't seem reliable. No name on this one, obviously, because they don't want their name blasted out there. I don't. Thank you, by the way, whoever you are, for writing a whole email. Thank you, Chris Walton, for no problem. I stole that from you. I, I I don't. I don't get it. I don't come down to your work at the strip club and knock the baby oil bottle out of your hands. I, I don't know why you think it's okay. Now, that's an interesting job. I don't think why you think it's okay to criticize us. It, you could have ve- just very easily have said, "Hey, I don't see any place there, Casper, where." They're talking about snow in, in L.A. Can you tell me where you saw that? It, it, instead of criticizing and saying I'm lying to the listeners. Big bear. I got this right off of Twitter. And if you don't know how to use Twitter, maybe ask your kids or your grandkids, and they can show you what, what the Twitter is. Uh, Rafa Conrad has a picture. Says, hey, look, it started to snow a bit here in L.A., but I hear there will be blizzard warnings coming for the L.A. County area through this weekend. That's where I got that. Somebody took an actual picture. Posted it on the on the Twitter. Mm. Sorry, um my Who, my research was I, a little bit different than yours. Who'd you say wrote that in? Richard? Uh no, no name on, on the email. Really? Yeah. Sure but it wasn't Richard? I, I think you may be correct. It's probably uh yeah, I would say Richard. Okay. Yeah. That would be if I had to guess, that would be Richard Head? <laughs> would be that would be my guess that that might be the person but hey he's written before i'm just uh saying. yeah i know i know he's called me a liar before but hey richard that's that's just we're going to give you that name thank you for calling or emailing us today and writing a whole email it's much appreciated yeah Two zero eight three pounds 670 on your verizon wireless other emails to get on the uh, subject of firing squads coming back to Idaho. New bill introduced in the legislature. You want to weigh in, go ahead and give us a call right now at 208-336-3700. In the meantime, we're going to get a final check on what's going on with sports once again with Rick Worthington today, brought to you by our friends at Pork Belly in CUNA. Um, by the way, I, I also hear that uh, Chef Wally has figured out sausage gravy soup he's going to give me details on that nice coming up his sausage gravy is absolutely amazing biscuits and gravy i'm not a big biscuits and gravy fan but if you want to have the best biscuits and gravy you have ever had anywhere i promise you're going to get them at pork belly and cuna and they are open right now seven days a week 7 a.m to 2 p.m
4: good morning i'm rick worthington It was a furious second-half comeback for the Broncos. They got past a 13-point deficit to beat New Mexico in front of almost 10,000 fans at Extra Mile Arena last night. Final score, 82-77. to The Broncos really did play better in the second half. They improved their shooting percentage from 35% to 45%. And uh, the Lobos, while they still looked pretty good in the game, Couldn't handle Max Rice last night. He had 30 points in the game to lead all scores. Uh, Once again, the Broncos got the victory. Coach Rice, after the game, said New Mexico had been playing well before they came into Boise, and that probably is why they were so good in the first half.
5: I told you how good they were playing at San Jose, and they carried that over into here. And, you know, it was, I mean, they came with it the first half. And, you know, the thing I said to our guys at halftime is like, guys, Tyson has some great looks that he's going to make, and we're right there. you know. So we just hang in there and defend a little better, rebound just a little bit better, and we beat him in, on the glass in the second half, and that probably won us the game.
4: The Broncos' next matchup will be on Saturday. They'll be at San Jose State. That is a 5 p.m. tip-off time, and we'll have that for you here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington.
0: For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: 752, thanks for listening in. Appreciate it. Uh, Remember, if you want to be a part of the show, always easy to do by calling us at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-5264. That's toll free from wherever you might be listening. Like I said, that's the easiest and best way because then you get a... You know, in your own words, say what you want to say. You can also email us, though, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com, or text us, uh, same as our main number, 208 words
3: 3700 I don't have my own words. I use the same ones everybody else does.
2: Well, you don't have to worry about misspellings, not using, you know, punctuation, um, grammar, all that stuff, and then us trying to have to... You know, and interpret, and interpret what you're trying to say. You get to say it for yourself uh, over the phone. That's why it's, you know, kind of the best way. Dave writes in this morning uh, talking about the lethal I- injection versus firing squad. I say replace lethal injection with hanging and bring back the firing squad, which was just taking off the books not too long ago. You're right. Two thousand in, uh, I think, nine, was it? Uh It should never be uh Curiosity. Uh, or a courtesy rather to criminals see there it is a misspelling of courtesy to criminals to find them a pleasant way to be executed after all first and foremost it's meant to be a deterrent so the bad guys think twice before doing the bad act is the idea we are so pathetic as a society we feel the need to coddle our most vicious citizens sorry bad people must be removed from society that's from Dave
3: two dogs writes in and says, Chris is it that the drug companies don't have the chemicals available or that they are trying to control the death penalty by choosing not to sell to Idaho. I believe it's because they don't have the chemicals available. If they have them, they'd sell them. Yeah. That's what they do.
2: Well, and and the other thing is it's not just Idaho that has lethal injections. It's all states are having trouble. Right. You know, getting the drugs that you need. Um No name on this one, Uh, says, uh, email writes, uh, so why not start an injection-making plant to make the lethal injection that nobody seems to have? Then we will have plenty, and we will be able to supply everybody else else who needs it.
3: My guess is it isn't that easy.
2: Yeah, I I would probably say that also. John writes in... I think it's
3: funny that, um, did you know that before they give a lethal injection, they... um, Clear off the uh, space with rubbing alcohol. I, know. <laughs> I guess doesn't a- that seem so weird? I guess to avoid infection.
2: <laughs> I- I'm laughing at it, but it it's- it seems so ridiculous when you think about it. Right? You're putting the person to death, but you want to make sure that they're you know germ free before they die. Not that it's going to make a difference, but yeah, it's it's.
3: There are a lot of rituals that don't make sense in life. In in general. Uh,
2: John writes in, how about we bring back the guillotine instead? If you steal, they use a guillotine to remove uh, your dominant ham. No rehab. You're okay. uh,
3: That I think uh, judges decided a long time ago, qualified as cruel and unusual punishment. Removing limbs for things.
2: From what I understand also, for people, you know, because we've had a couple people bring up the guillotine instead of the firing squad. um, That was always, not always a successful way to kill somebody. There were a lot of times where they had to, more than once, use it to chop the person's head off because the first person, or the first time it went through, it didn't go through and kill them. Send, that would be had cruel a, and unusual. They had to send
3: a guy home with his head flopping around. Yeah.
2: Uh, Jim asked, "Who among us could be on a firing squad?" I don't think I'd want to. I don't. I don't think I'd want to either. Um and i don't know is i i don't know enough about firing squads just because we haven't had them it doesn't happen very often do firing squads i remember long ago when growing up i remember hearing that you know if there's a firing squad there's you have like 6 7 whatever people yeah. that are on the firing squad only one person has a bullet in the no. gun so nobody only one, knows
3: only one person doesn't
2: only one person doesn't, okay. Yeah. So nobody knows who, it who actually does, usually, does the killing. It's usually
3: 12 or 13, and one will not be loaded. Um, now, uh, my source for this, okay, there was a, a TV movie back in 1974 starring Martin Sheen called The Execution of Private Slovak. And I remember watching that. I was nine years old, and I watched that. And they explained that... Uh, they were going to do it that way. They had either 12 or 13 uh, riflemen, and they were going to load all but one, and so you could always have deniability that you were the one that right. killed somebody.
2: Right, right. Um, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wires. If you want to weigh in, you can also email us. So we'll take a break. Coming up, we'll tell you how to get a $50 gift to get to Pork Belly. It's on the way after traffic and weather.
0: A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper
1: and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: Good morning and welcome into the 8 o'clock hour. Don't forget, we've got another five-pack of tickets we'll be given away for the Original Kids Fair that's going on at Expo Idaho this Saturday. Want to win that five-pack of tickets? Stick around uh, sometime in the next hour or so. We'll have a chance for you to uh, win, giving you a second chance to uh, win kind of a cool thing um, going on yesterday College of Idaho uh, at the basketball game and I say this is a a cool thing because one of the best players in NBA history probably definitely the best player to ever play here in Idaho uh, I, I think without argument Elgin Baylor
3: Hall of Famer Hall of Famer,
2: NBA Hall of Famer, longtime Laker. In the early 1950s, most college and universities had not integrated sports teams, let alone offered scholarships for athletes of color. You know, you can say, well, all you want about, you know, Idaho and, you know, we, we take a lot of criticism, but the College of Idaho was the first college in history that gave black. Athlete's scholarship on an integrated basketball team. Did you know that? No, I did not. I did not know that either. College of Idaho, Elgin Baylor, black man from Washington, D.C., sight unseen, was offered a scholarship to come play football at the College of Idaho. <laughs>
0: well,
3: a, he was a big dude.
2: He accepted it sight unseen, knowing nothing about Idaho. However, when uh, a coach caught sight of Baylor playing in a pickup basketball game, mm. basketball coach reportedly said i think we're gonna have you play basketball and the rest was history baylor played one year of college basketball before playing for seattle university and eventually signing with the los angeles lakers and last night this is such a cool thing moments before tip-off at uh, last night's college of idaho basketball game in the cascade conference tournament um trustee Elaine Baylor, who is the wife of the late NBA great Elgin Baylor. She, by the way, is still still alive. Elgin Baylor passed away a few years ago. Came to center court to be warmly recognized by the crowd. Watched a video played to explain why her husband came to college in 1954. It was She was also there to help introduce the Elgin and Elaine Baylor Opportunity Fund. Take a listen. In
9: 1954, the best basketball player
1: in the world was at the College of Idaho.
0: Elgin Baylor was once described by Lakers teammate Jerry West as one of the most spectacular shooters the game has ever known. But Baylor wasn't only gifted at making shots, he was brilliant at creating them.
8: You did some things that Dr. J, Michael and Colby, myself, we couldn't do. I've laughed with him. I've been the depth of the ocean with him. I love him like a brother. and I still do today this is one of the greatest men I've ever met
2: in my life so kind of a cool thing last night at uh, halftime by the way College of Idaho staff and students company representatives from around Idaho gathered at Blue Cross of Idaho campus on Tuesday afternoon to announce the creation of the Elgin and Elaine Baylor Opportunity Fund the fund will provide 44 full tuition scholarships to college for students from underrepresented backgrounds at the College of Idaho, corporate sponsors of the fund are Albertsons, Blue Cross of Idaho, Boise Cascade, Cradle Point, Crookham Company, uh, Dignatus Agency, Count Idaho, uh, Count Idaho Power, St. Alphonsus Health System, St. Luke's Health System, and J.R. Simplot Company, along with Micron Technology. Uh, Elaine, his wife, said Elgin Baylor always felt welcome and embraced at the College of Idaho. Baylor and his wife were also trustees at the school. Elaine continues to be a trustee at the school. She said his time here was all positive. It was the beginning of his great journey to great things. He was a friend of my
3: dad, as a matter of fact. Was he really? Yeah, my dad was at uh, College of Idaho at that time.
2: The amazing thing to think about, think about the team that was was made up. Uh, the Elgin Baylor, an NBA Hall of Famer. Who was the uh, NFL Football Hall of Famer that played with Elgin Baylor? Uh,
3: okay, it- he wasn't a Hall of Famer, but he was—he was very, very good. It was RC Owens.
2: Oh, I thought he was an NFL no, Hall of Famer.
3: Not a, hell, a Hall of Famer. He uh, was a really great wide receiver. He played for the uh, 49ers and then a little bit for the Colts and Giants before he retired. But he uh, was—he was noted for what's called the alley oop reception. Quarterback YA Tittle would throw the ball into the end zone, just kind of as a jump ball. RC Owens would leap higher than anybody else. <laughs> pull it down
2: and it would be a touchdown and those two were on the same basketball yeah. team together how crazy is that absolutely amazing kind of a cool story kby news time is uh 8 12 uh stick around we've got a 50 dollars gift certificate coming up here for you in just a couple of minutes to uh pork belly in cuna we'll get to that with our casper and chris damn near impossible question right after bronco sports today
1: be a part of the show at 336 3700 or toll free 1 800 529 KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
2: Mm-mm, good. Fit dog gift certificate, pork belly, and cuna up for grabs. Scott is going to get the first crack at it this morning. Scott, this president, while at a dinner party, was seated next to a columnist and was told. By the columnist that she had made a bet that day that she could get him to say more than two words that night at dinner. The president responded, You lose. And believe it or not, those were the only two <laughs> words that he spoke that entire evening. Our question for you. And a fifty dollar gift certificate to Pork Belly and Cuna. Who was the president?
9: Calvin Coolidge.
2: Silent Cal, yeah. as he was known. Yes, that is it. Calvin it Coolidge. Had to be him. Yeah. Seated next to uh, Silent Cal at the uh, dinner party, Dorothy Parker told him that she is the one that made the bet with someone that she could get him to say more than two words upon hearing this. That's when he said, you lose. Never said another word for the rest of the night. Uh, by the way, just kind of even more impressing on how Silent Cal really was, he is the only president in history who had use of telephones in the white house but refused to use telephones in the white house
3: he didn't want to talk to anybody
2: I didn't guess. want to talk to anybody so there you go congratulations uh, scott hang on the line we got a 50 dollar gift certificate for you pork belly and cutie have you ever been out there no i want to though oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna absolutely love it hang on the line we'll get some information uh, tell tell chef wally because he's he's there cooking every day now tell chef wally we said hi and uh, congratulations once again all right, we're going to take a break. Stick around. Still on the way for you this morning. Coming up at the 9 o'clock hour, we will have another chance for you to uh, pick up tickets, if you would like, pick up tickets uh, to the uh, Kids Fair coming up this weekend. Want to go to the Kids Fair? Not just a pair of tickets. We have a five-pack of tickets so that you can go to Kids Fair, take your kids, take your grandkids, take whoever you want to go. That's going to be coming up here in the 9 o'clock hour this morning. Stick around for that. Uh, We've got news coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And then coming up right after news, we'll be talking to uh, lawmakers in the Idaho legislature. Today is Senate Day. And we have senators in the studio with us coming up here after news at the bottom of the hour. Stick around. News Talk KBOI
1: covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho state senators joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
2: 8.36, 8.36, and we would like to welcome into the studio with us today Senate Assistant Minority Leader James Ruchte of Rukty. Uh, Rukty of uh, District 29, Pocatello. Um, you are uh, first term in the Senate following three terms in the House, member of the Senate Commerce and Human Resources Committee, member of the Senate Judiciary and Rules, Rules Committee, and member of the Senate State Affairs Committee. Thanks for coming in for a few minutes with us this morning.
7: Thanks for having me.
2: Let's hit the ground running. Um, let's talk about education savings program, uh, as some people call it, other people call it, education voucher program. Um, I, I have a few questions. First, before I get to those, though, um, tell us where you stand and, and what you see as the positives and negatives of the program.
7: Um, I'm against the voucher program, the voucher proposal. Uh, I really don't see any positives for public education. Um, in fact, I think this is the most important issue that we'll deal with, this legislative wait, session.
2: Wait, 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 <laughs> we the, the most ahead important. Of, ahead of property taxes?
7: Uh, ahead of property taxes because of the long-term effects this would have on our public education system. It is by far the most important thing we'll do. Now, we'll get distracted by a lot of different things, and I'm not saying there aren't other issues that are, are not important. There are other issues that are important. But as far as what will happen to um, the the educational system in our state, the public educational system, this could destroy it.
2: You had talked uh, off air before we were talking um, about some of the feedback you're getting from some of your constituents. Um, specifically... Homeschoolers, what what are they saying to you?
7: Yeah, the homeschoolers, and this, you know, I I was kind of surprised at first, but as you think about it, it makes sense. So homeschoolers have come out against the voucher system. Now, most people would think, why would they do that? Because this system uh, proposes giving them around sixty four hundred bucks per child per student. So you would think homeschoolers be you know glad to welcome that money into their home. But um, when you think about it, homeschoolers, one of the reasons they homeschool their kids is because they want to be able to control what their kids are taught. Uh, They want to know that they're in control of that process. And I can guarantee you what's going to happen with the voucher system. Um, In fact, the Idaho Center for Fiscal Policy has said in the second year of this system, it's going to grow to $364 million. And the more money the legislature spends on this program, the more uh, demand there's going to be from the public to have results from the money we're spending and that means we're going to go to homeschoolers private schools religious schools and we're going to say we want to control some of your curriculum we want to control outcomes
3: are you saying, saying that government money never actually comes unconditionally
7: it never comes <laughs> unconditionally and, and and I'm a proponent of that i mean if you're going to use taxpayer money you better know where it goes and you better be able to account for it to the taxpayers but But for homeschoolers, you can see why they would say, wait, this is now the camel's nose under the tent, and you may tell us it's free this year. Next year, somebody's going to come along and say, but we need to know this. But you need to use this curriculum. But, but, but.
3: Just a slight adjustment.
7: Yeah.
2: Um, I saw that study that you were talking about there, and and I'm glad you brought it up, because my question was going to be first-year program is proposed to be $44 uh, million, how in the heck does it go from $44 million in year one to $364 million in year two specifically?
7: Yeah, well, um, one of the problems is we we generally know how many uh, students are in private schools and religious schools, about 15,000. We have no idea how many people, uh, how many students out there are being homeschooled. No idea. I mean, you can estimate it's 15,000. The The... The problem is, there's, as soon as this program gets kicked off, it's going to take a bit to get the information out, but there's going to be a lot of demand for those dollars once people realize the program's out there. Uh, unfortunately, most of the students who are going, most of the families who are going to take advantage of it, are ones who already have their kids in private school or religious school or already homeschooling. Um, so all we're really going to do is subsidize a decision that those families have already made to send their kids to private schools, religious schools, and, and home schools.
3: You have a uh, bill designed to add protections for consumers, in particular transparency and renting. Tell us about that.
7: Yeah, so uh, this is the, the second year that I've run a version of this bill. Uh, one of the things we're finding is as your uh, housing market gets more restrictive and there are fewer apartments and homes to rent, um, it kind of opens up the system for uh, people to to take advantage of consumers. And one of the things that's happening is some bad actors, property management companies, landlords, are charging application fees, and they're using it as a profit center. So they might have three apartments available, but they take 90 applications, knowing that the vast majority of those applicants have no chance of getting the apartment, but they're then charging $40, $90, $120 an application fee. And, uh, and and so the bill that I'm proposing, much like the bill I uh, proposed last year, would um, try to restrict that to make sure that's not happening.
2: Well, I'd also ask you um, kind of to explain to us private causes of action. Bills because it's more than just one bill. These are bills that are being attached to a lot of the different bills, correct?
7: Yeah, we're starting to see that in a lot of different bills. You'll see them in some of the bills that make the news. So, for example, um, last year there was a bill that would allow uh, the relatives um, of a rapist to sue the doctor who carried out an abortion on the victim. Um, And you could get $20,000 per relative. Uh, this year we have a library bill. You could sue the city or the, the library, whether it's school district or city, and you could get uh, $10,000 if your child viewed harmful material as defined by the statute. When you read the, the definition of harmful material, it's really broad. So, uh, and, and that's just two of them. There's several different bills that add these private cause of action. In other words, you can go sue, and you'll get a certain amount of money plus your attorney fees here's why I have concern with it. Uh, normally in life, you know, the, the reason you have to do a lawsuit is because something, um, trouble found you. Uh, somebody breached contract or maybe somebody ran into your car and so you have to go sue to get your damages. Trouble found you. These sorts of private cause of action that I'm worried about, they allow people to go seek out trouble. You know, go go down to your library and just scour through the books and check one out that you can then claim harmed your child or go sue a doctor for performing a a procedure that you know nothing about. And uh, anyway, the list goes on, but it's a problem.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong. Can't you already sue anybody for anything? Do you really need to have that added?
7: No, no, actually, the the way the system works, I'm a trial attorney by trade. The way the system works, um, you can't just sue for anything the system is designed to kind of weed these cases out these sorts of private cause of action are creating state sanctioned frivolous lawsuits so it's a big difference and it's it's an abuse you're, of the process
2: you just said you're an attorney by trade you're basically taking money out of your own pockets here by
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean us. people <laughs> always wonder about that they yeah they think they think we should uh That I should be in favor of these things. I hate them. Because it's going to take up time in the court system that's really designed for for clients like mine who have something they need to get done. We appreciate your integrity. Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: Senator Ructy, out of time here today. Appreciate you coming into the studio. Great meeting you. Um, uh, Who knows? Maybe you'll be going on long enough that uh, we're going to have you in uh, again before the end of the legislative session. Um, We're getting close enough now. Just real quick before you let me go. Pick a date. When's the date? Sign you die.
7: April 5th. Okay, that could be a weekend. No, I'm but, writing this down. I'm writing right. this down to see who gets closest. Okay, thanks,
2: thanks for coming in. <laughs>
7: Thank you, appreciate it.
2: KBI News Time is eight forty-five.
1: News Talk KBOI covers the Idaho Legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Eight
2: fifty, and good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper in the studio with us once again. Uh, we've got rep. rep- Republican Senator Todd Lakey, District 23 in Napa. This is going to be big. Uh, I'm going to be paying attention because you are my senator uh, from my district. Uh, sixth term in the Senate, uh, also a chair of the Senate Judiciary and Rules Committee, member of the Senate Commerce and Human Resources Committee. Thank you for being in here with us uh, this morning. We appreciate it. I'm going to start off uh, with something that we talked to the previous senator about, um, he called it the uh, education voucher program i 'm sure you might call it the education savings uh program um, I want to get your your thoughts on this and uh part of the reason I wanted to talk about this also was uh, a study that came out and this was printed in the Idaho press earlier this week that the program will cost forty four million in its first year and a study is saying that they've analyzed similar programs throughout the nation and it's estimated that in year number two it's going to cost 364 million dollars huge huge jump first of all um your thoughts on the program so far
11: thank you mike and chris it's great to be here uh the education savings account bill is one that i'm still listening on um you know i respect the um the rights of parents for school choice, to to choose where they educate their children. And then I also understand, you know, if they're not being a burden on the education system, maybe they should be able to get some of their tax dollars back. Uh, But I do think it's important to consider that fiscal note. Um, And it has to be funded by JFAC every year, but that's that's a big number. And with that number, we also wanna make sure that there's accountability. Um, What are those funds being spent for? Um, and and are we getting results, so to speak, from those, those funds that are spent? So there's some issues there that, uh, you know, we need to balance our constitutional obligation to fund public schools, which is another thing to, to keep in the mix of that. So like I said, I'm still listening. There's pluses and minuses, um, or at least pluses and things to look at from my perspective.
2: So are we hearing you haven't made up your mind yet on whether you're going to vote for it or
11: not? I would say that's accurate, Mike. Okay. The, uh, the Senate passed
3: a bill banning Idaho entities from declaring sanctuary status to undocumented immigrants. Uh, what can you tell us about that bill? Uh,
11: I think that's, that was, I believe, Senator Foreman's bill. Um, was an effort to just make sure that um, we're not taking action, or, or the state or the local government entities are not taking action to essentially um, not enforce the law. You know, we're a... We're a State, state of laws, a nation of laws, and uh, we need to respect those laws. So I think that's kind of the effort behind it. I don't know that we have a lot of that going on in Idaho, but it's I think important to just respect that. We're, one of the bills that <laughs> every year
2: keeps building up and building up, it happens to do with property taxes. Um, we're almost two months in about another week. We'll be two months into this session so far. Um, I know that there have been three different bills have been floated around to address property tax concerns. Where are we? Has this become more serious discussion as of yet? Are people leaning towards one of the three different proposals that are out there more than the others?
11: So, uh, as you mentioned, it's kind of been one that's been percolating for a while. Um, You know, we've done record income tax relief the last three, four years. And that's kind of been the focus. You know, you have to find the common ground between the House and the Senate. But I think everybody recognizes that property tax um, relief is an important issue on both sides uh, of the Capitol. And, you know, we're also stuck in that kind of unique situation where housing prices are just still way, way high. And that impacts the property tax burden. Um, we have three options out there. There's the, the the grow bill that kind of focuses more on homeowners, um, the monks bill that focuses more on paying off school bonds and kind of spreading that out, and then the SCOG bill, which is a re-indexing of the homeowners exemption. Um, I think what happens is probably what they're working on right now is some kind of conglomeration of the three uh, to see if we can find common ground between the House and the Senate. I think it's something very important that we need to look at. The other thing to think about is uh, we also need to respect local government. Um, we don't collect property taxes as a state. Right. Um, that funds local government, so we need to be sensitive of that. Um, and they also need to be accountable. The local property taxes are driven by the budgets of cities and counties, and um, so they need to uh, also be accountable for their decisions. So there's a lot to balance there, but I think, I think that's our going home issue. We want to have something.
3: Senator Rukty, who was in here uh, earlier, has uh, a
11: bill to designed to provide transparency for renters. How do you feel about that? So I'm always careful about government putting their nose into private business, um, telling uh, a willing buyer and a willing seller, so to speak, what to do. Um, so I, I always scrutinize that really closely. I don't think the state should be saying, you know, you need to have a, a rental cap or you need to have this or that in your contract. Um, so I'm very careful of that. Senator Robbie has, um, another bill that says fees need to be reasonable. That's, that's, that's not, um, too unreasonable, I guess, Using the same word. (laughs) But what's the definition Uh, of reasonable? Yeah, well, you know, that's what lawyers are for. Um, (laughs) but we just need to be careful. I'm, I'm careful about, um, inserting the state into private Mm -hmm.
2: contracts. we got about 30 seconds here uh, before we have to let you go. Um, Talk just uh, real quickly about the first responders bill.
11: We're trying to uh, make it easier for first responding agencies to fill needed positions by hiring retired officers. It would let the officers with experience that save the taxpayers money on training and are better able to deal with the public to be rehired without impacting their retirement, but still contribute to keep the retirement system whole.
2: Is it? I mean, is it a need right now? Is it that
11: that is this why we're looking at this? Absolutely, a need. Like everybody, um, first responders are looking to hire. They're having a hard time filling positions, but in that case, that affects public safety and it affects taxpayer money. Senator Todd Lakey, District Twenty Three in Nampa. Thanks for
2: coming in this morning. Uh, appreciate it. Our time is up, but uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk with thanks, us. Thanks,
11: Mike. Thanks, Chris. Uh, before we on. let you
2: go, um, Signy die day. Go ahead and pick pick a day. When do you think you're going to get out? Of uh,
11: March 30th.
2: Okay. Uh, there you hear it here. We're going to write all these down and keep track of them. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. News coming up. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now
1: back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: 9.05 into the final hour of the show. If you want to get through, we do have phone lines open as of right now at 208-336-3700. Toll free from wherever you might be listening, one eight hundred five two nine five two six four. 529 5264 You have a Verizon wireless phone. You can just hit pound 670. You can also email us, Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. Text us. By the way, those phone numbers are going to come in handy coming up here this hour. We will have a chance for you to uh, win Kids Fair's ticket. Five-pack, family five-pack for you uh, that will get you in. Grandkids, kids, whatever you want to take. Interactive. Peppa Pig is going to be there. So it uh, should be uh, a lot of fun for everybody once again coming up uh, this coming Saturday. Expo Idaho. Stay tuned right where you're at. We'll give those tickets away uh, here shortly. Some emails to uh, get to this morning. Uh, I've been kind of busy over the last hour or so, and they've been flowing in. Talking earlier this morning about the new proposal for uh, death penalty, being the firing squad going through or being introduced into the legislature. Uh, Jerry from Caldwell writes, Crimes that the death penalty is the sentence for usually cruel and unusual, so why be easy on that person that committed such a crime? Most victims suffer in one way or another for the crime, so maybe a bullet is too humane and fast for a criminal.
3: Eric says uh, New Hampshire has hanging for death penalty still. That is all.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, No name on this text message, but they read in, do you know the most easy way to give a lethal injection is just to shoot a whole bunch of air into the bloodstream, and we all have access to air. Interesting.
3: There must be a reason why that's never been uh, implemented, though.
2: I'm wondering, um, I mean, it's never happened. I'm wondering if it's just, so painful, such a painful death that it would be cruel and unusual. It is? Okay. And Nathaniel is shaking his head. That's How many good. times have you uh, had this done to you?
12: None, but from what I heard, it simulates like the pain of cardiac arrest because oh, okay. the air travels through your veins into your heart.
2: Uh, clay from out west. I don't know where that would be. Is it next to the wild I think, west or where? I, but think, I think
3: it's west of here.
2: Why not allow Fish and Game to sell tags to those who want to be on the firing squad? Then we would have a list of potential sociopaths who need to be watched kill two freaks with one tag. Hmm.
3: You know, I can see the merits of that, but my guess is we're not going to do it.
2: How much money would the state make off of it? Would there be people? I mean, you see how much money people are willing to pay. For certain tags, you want to get a moose tag, you want to get an elk tag, a bighorn sheep tag, how much money they're willing to pay just for the chance of possibly getting, not guaranteed, possibly getting a chance to see and then shoot at a. Uh, I'm just guessing if you sold these tags, I'm not advocating for it, but. Sounds like the movie The Most Dangerous Game, doesn't it? Yeah, it does kind of, doesn't it?
3: Um, uh, <clears throat> go ahead. Someone has written that they didn't sign it, but it says, come on, Idaho, our legislators are spending time and money, debating bringing back the firing squad. There are 1.9 million people in Idaho. Uh, uh, Yes, eight are on death row, eight. Only three have been executed since 1973. Sales tax affects 1.9 billion Idahoans. As of 2021, 71% of Idahoans' own property, 4.4% rent. There are... 54,000 students in high school graduation rate as of 2023 is 79.9%, 40th in the US as of 2022. And essentially, this is a list of things that he believes uh, are more important than worrying about a firing squad.
2: And you you may be right, but I mean, the legislature, you know, does do more than one bill every year. Although As of right now, we're almost two months into the uh, legislative session. We found out when uh, Jason Monks called in earlier this morning that so far only one bill has been passed by both the House and the Senate and ended up on the governor's desk. That's more than the zero we thought it was earlier. (laughs) Bob in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk, KBOI.
9: Morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? Good. I've been kind of out this morning, so I really haven't kept up with your conversation, but you were talking about... uh, making it legal to use a firing squad for the executions, which I think is a perfectly fine idea. But a couple other things, there's a very nice gallows in the old penitentiary out there on Warm Springs uh, that could be used. And uh, every vet in the world has the chemicals that are needed to put down a, a large animal in his truck. So why is there such a problem with acquiring what's needed to do that?
3: There, there are laws uh, apparently, uh, federal laws as as to what uh, chemicals can be used, and they're relatively strict.
9: Well, I think it's pretty much the same stuff, but
2: you know, ba- based yeah, anyway. on based on what a lot of people um you know claim about COVID vaccines, maybe we could just use that as a, a way to you know, for the death penalty, well, give them up. a shot of you know COVID vaccine. Apparently, that kills you automatically. Thank you for the call, Bob. Appreciate it.
8: Yeah, bye.
2: Uh, David Boise, you're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you.
8: Oh, good morning. Uh, so I think one thing that, that a lot of people, yes, there's eventual. It's, I'm, I'm, it's a very serious thing, but there's a, it seems to be that uh, what most people are forgetting is that the death penalty is, is for what? It's, it's, yes, it's a punishment, but it's also a deterrent. So, so how the penalty is carried out, that in itself should be uh, should be
2: more of a deterrent. A
8: part, yeah, should should be part of the deterrent. Where you know, if you if you run your car through a group of people and kill seven or eight people, um, you know there are some folks that feel like, okay, well, that's how you should die. Then you should be run over by a vehicle. This cannot always be uh, carried out that way. And so, bringing back the firing squad would it be a strong enough? Uh, uh, deterrent for, for criminals to say, hmm, that not only am I not going to die by lethal injection, but I also have the possibility of being shot where I may not die instantly.
3: Quite a, quite a large number, I think, of people who end up on death row are people who, whether temporarily or long term, have
2: never been that concerned
3: about their own death.
2: I guess until maybe it comes to the point where it's like, all right, you're you're happening tomorrow. Well, wait a minute. Now I'm concerned about death, right?
8: So you guys, don't, yeah, you guys don't feel like the criminal puts themselves above everything, above the law, above society, above. Uh, no, I citizens, believe I believe
3: that's exactly what they do. But I don't think that uh, I don't think that they they fear the repercussions. Of
2: yeah, it. yeah, that's what I don't think either. I don't think I'll even go for it. I don't think they care. You know what I mean?
3: It's different from everybody. I mean, with with everyone, I'm sure. But yeah. that, Thanks for the call. G- generally, it. Like, it. for instance, you know, drug dealers, they, they've been talking for years about giving drug dealers the death penalty. And uh, my guess would be a large number of drug dealers really aren't that afraid to die.
2: No, because if they were, they wouldn't be doing drugs because you, you know, have a chance to die every time you do drugs, right? Whether it's fentanyl, whether it, you know overdose on on anything because we have so many, um, you know, overdose deaths every year. I I think you're right. Uh, Janet Caldwell writes in, this is what I found uh, on why drug companies won't supply lethal injection drugs. Many pharmaceutical firms avoid any involvement in supplying drugs for executions, reasoning that their medicines are intended to promote health rather than kill people. The industry has come under pressure by anti-capital punishment groups and had to comply with a 2011 European Union ban on execution drugs. That's right. Well, I think
3: that does make sense. If, yeah. I owned, if I owned a pharmaceutical company, I don't think I'd want my drugs to be associated with putting somebody down
2: quickly. Another email on... Uh, Another subject we were talking about with the uh, legislators this morning. I support the voucher program. My sons went to Christian school due to inappropriate sexual and racial indoctrination of children by liberal teachers and administrators in public schools. As a homeowner and taxpayer, the vouchers, uh, wouldn't be other taxpayers' money. It's my money. I paid the taxes. So he's saying he should get to decide and not somebody else decide how their money gets, just gets spent.
3: Roseanne writes in and says, why are library districts allowed to collect tax on empty land? I'm not sure what your, your definition of empty land is, but if you mean land that uh, is owned but not developed, I think it's because it's property tax and not house tax.
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm quite sure I understand your question either. Um, tax message, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred, uh talking about the kind of cool thing scholarship scholarship program set up at the college of idaho in the name of elgin and elaine baylor mm-hmm. um, while it's nice that more scholarships are going to be available at college of idaho it's sad that it has such a specific target shouldn't we be trying to make college money available to all um, college money is at college of idaho is available to all financial assistance at college of Idaho comes in several forms Uh, Merit-based scholarships, talent-based scholarships, need-based aid, federal loans and grants. Each student that goes to the College of Idaho is automatically considered for a merit-based scholarship when they apply for admission. Uh, My son um, went to College of Idaho for one semester, got a full-ride merit scholarship, academic scholarship. So um, it's a very expensive college. I'm not sure what the price is now, um, when my son was going, I think it was around twenty three, twenty four thousand dollars 24000 a year. I think it's over thirty now,
11: yeah.
2: if I'm, if I'm not correct. I, I personally don't have a problem with this, trying to get more, um, of these type of students at the College uh, of Idaho. And like I said, College of Idaho already, everybody is automatically considered when they apply at the College of Idaho. So I don't have a problem with this. Uh, we'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, uh, when we come back. Uh, Another shooting. Uh, You've been hearing about it in the news this morning. Uh, It's something we haven't had a chance to talk about because some of the details uh, came out over the weekend. We had Monday off for uh, President's Day. Uh, But some of the details in the uh, shooting at Michigan State University have come out. Don't really match up with uh, some of the things that Biden mentioned when it happened, calling for another uh, assault weapons ban. Also some details of a mall shooting that happened last week that, you may not have heard a whole lot about because, once again, it doesn't fit the context of a gun ban. And this has a story to do with a good gunman stopping a bad person with a gun in a mall in El Paso. We'll talk about those when we come back.
0: Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local
9: on News Talk, KBOI. It began Wednesday morning when a woman was shot to death inside her car in northwest Orlando. Hours later, at the same location, a man walked up and opened fire on two men inside an SUV. They are a News 13 reporter and photographer who were on the scene to cover the homicide. Orange County Sheriff John Mina. Tragically, uh, one of the News 13 employees has passed. He was 24-year-old Dylan Lyons. Police are holding a 19-year-old named Keith Melvin Moses, who's accused of killing Lyons, the woman who was shot in the car earlier, at a 9-year-old girl gunned down after Lyons' killing. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Authorities say
10: Moses has a lengthy criminal history that includes aggravated battery, assault with a deadly weapon, and gun charges. Meanwhile, Spectrum News releasing a statement overnight saying, we are deeply saddened by the loss of our colleague and the other lives senselessly taken today. This is a terrible tragedy for the Orlando community.
2: Another mass shooting, unfortunately. Does seem like senseless is the word for that. Yeah, that it's definitely a word for Nine-year-old it. Nine-year-old
3: girl. I mean, yeah. it, all of them are too bad, but, you know.
2: Once again, and more information will come out on this, the suspect has a lengthy criminal history, including gun charges, aggravated battery, battery, assault with a deadly weapon. And we'll find out within the next few days whether or not this person had this weapon legally. Should he have even been allowed to have this weapon?
3: Well, probably wasn't allowed, but did it anyway. That's kind of the nature of crime.
2: This is just one of a few mass shootings that have happened over the last week to 10 days. We didn't get a chance to talk about this earlier this week. We were fairly busy, and the uh, information came out on the uh, Michigan State shooter over the weekend. Well, we were on a three-day weekend from President's Day, but that information is, is now out. Shooter opened fire on campus, Michigan State University, last week killing three people, wounding five, was found with two legally purchased guns, ammunition, and a note threatening violence. Anthony McRae was identified as the sole suspect in the shooting. He had two 9mm handguns. He did not have any AR-style weapons on him. No, no, what you, or what President Biden called assault weapons, because right after this he said, this is once again proof we need an assault weapons ban. Even though he didn't have information on what the weapon was used, it was not an assault weapon. It's a 9mm handgun. Also, the 9mm handguns did not have high-capacity magazines and yet still was able to shoot eight people. Why was he able to shoot eight people? Because he wasn't in prison where he was supposed to be. He was let off easy on a felony gun charge. The charges were dropped in a plea deal. If those charges had not been dropped, he would not be legally allowed to own a gun and would have likely been in prison until sometime next year and would not have been Able to be walking around killing people. Yeah. Enforce the laws that we have before you mm. start talking about taking guns away. Enforce those laws.
3: Is yeah, this- I mean, the, 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 there, is, there, there is good and bad to the Second Amendment. The, you know, the good, obviously, we have a right to protect ourselves, things like that. The bad is simply that we have some people who cannot handle having that right. They, you know, they, they can't use a gun the way it's supposed to be used for protection, for hunting, mm-hmm. for whatever. They have to go out and kill someone. And, uh, you know, those, those people are the problem.
2: And here's someone, if, if the law would have been enforced and, you know, if a judge and prosecutor had not gone easy on the felony weapons charge, at the very least, he wouldn't be allowed to own a weapon. And like I said, these were bought legally. They were not registered, which I don't understand why they weren't registered. The the report didn't say why they weren't registered. uh, But they were both bought Mm. legally. If the weapons charge, the felony weapons charge, had stood instead of done a plea agreement to knock it down to a misdemeanor, he wouldn't be able to have bought these guns legally. And like I said, he also would be in in prison for five years.
3: I never... when, When these things happen... Where a person got the gun is never my first concern because you can get a gun just about anywhere. Your friend can loan you one. Uh, you can burglarize a house and get one. Not that I am recommending that. I'm not. But, you know, you can, I mean, I've, I've got about a dozen guns that are all handed down from my two grandfathers and my father. I, I didn't purchase any of them. Didn't, right. ha- didn't have right. to. No. Rico writes in. Oh, this is to me. It says, "Your new voice is super cool. How Um, you doing?" I don't. I hope it's temporary. But it says you sound like Barry White. Maybe a little. Can't
2: get enough for us. See how you doing? You
3: know, Rico. I've I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good (laughs) for you, baby. (laughs) But I don't know about that. As many times as we've loved and we've shared love and made love, it's it doesn't seem like to me like it's.
2: I know we need to go to break here. I was going to say,
3: if this starts to bother you,
2: tell me to stop. <laughs> I'm I'm okay. My dog is at. sexy. I know we need to go to break here. Um, I just wanted to say before we go to break, and, and and I have one more mass gun shooting that happened last week that we're not hearing about a lot. Did you Did you hear about the El Paso mall shooting? I did. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people aren't hearing about it because it doesn't fit um, a narrative of you know, hey, we need to take away guns because there was a good guy who stopped a mall shooting in El Paso last week. By the way, this is just down the street from the Walmart a year ago where 90 people were shot. Mm-hmm. The difference, El Paso Mall does not have a, is not a gun-free zone. Walmart was a gun-free zone. This could have been so much worse. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm also going to give my opinion on, we hear so many people saying we have to have this discussion, we have to do something about it. And I'm gonna give a, a my opinion on if we're gonna do something about this, liberals have to do something and conservatives have to do something, and then we'll be able to meet in the middle. We'll get to that coming up after news next.
1: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our news talk, O
2: Nine thirty five, he's Chris Waldner, Mike Casper. Thanks for listening uh in this morning. This is a news story um some of you might not have heard a lot about because it didn't get anywhere close to the coverage that the uh, Michigan State shooter got. Where I mean, we sat here for two or three days straight where all three of the news channels that we watch here in the studio were talking about it. Um, this was uh, where a potential massacre was averted as an armed citizen took down an El Paso mall shooter last week. 16-year-old Hispanic male reportedly opened fire inside a Texas mall, killing one man, bad- badly injuring three others. After leaving the food court bloody, the youth allegedly took aim at bystanders. The gunman's continued aggression proved to be a fatal slip for another person at the mall that day was carrying a gun. The first group uh, of people who were in a dispute at the Cielo Vista Mall in El Paso reportedly consisted of six Hispanic teenagers, including 17-year-old Angelus Zargoza, and another 17-year-old who was seriously injured. The second group of Hispanic youths involved in the melee comprised the 16-year-old alleged shooter, a 20-year-old male, and two other male teenagers. During the uh, fight, the shooter reportedly brandished what police have confirmed was a stolen firearm. Katie Hood, a witness, told CBS uh, News they heard that two kids arguing and one of the kids looked at the other and just said he was going to kill him, and that's when he pulled out the gun. They uh, proceeded to fatally shoot down Zargoza. He was allegedly managed to badly wound one of the uh, other of the uh, victim's friends. The 20-year-old apparently friend of 16-year-old Gummin managed to catch a bullet as well. After the initial shootings, the 16-year-old reportedly began to run, taking aim at and shooting at bystanders as he ran, including a 32-year-old Emmanuel Duran. According to investigators, Duran was one of the multiple legally armed citizens in the mall that day. He brought the mayhem to an end. As the gunman advanced on Duran and other bystanders, Duran reportedly drew his firearm, shot the suspect twice, putting the suspect down. Police and Duran both helped the victim, and the victim reportedly in stable condition,
11: Mm.
2: recovering from his two gunshot wounds. By the way, What's interesting about this is the mall is on the same block as the Walmart, where 23 were murdered in 2019 by an individual who pled guilty to 90 federal charges earlier this month. So what's the difference? Difference. Walmart is a gun-free zone. The mall is not a gun-free zone, and that's why there were legally carrying People in the mall that day. So here's another example of a good guy stopping a bad guy with a gun, or this could have been much, much worse than the number of people who were shot and the number who died. I told you as we were going to break, if every time something like this happens, you, you hear politicians, you hear people say, We've got to do something. Something has to be done. We have to have a discussion on this. We're not ever going to be able to have a meaningful discussion. This is my opinion. If you have liberals who will not give up on their talking point to punish law-abiding gun owners by taking away their guns that they own legally, even though they haven't broken the law. And you're not going to be able to have a conversation on the other side with conservatives who won't give in to things that have nothing to do with the right to keep and bear arms, like background checks or having to register all your guns. You're not taking your right to keep and bear arms. If you have to have a background check, you're still allowed to do it. Now, you can say whether or not you like it or not, but until both sides, liberals and conservatives, give up where their feet are stuck in the mud and they're not going to give up that ground, you're never going to have a meaningful conversation. Nobody is ever going to come together and try to come to a way to stop violence, gun violence. I like an idea of mandatory minimums when it comes to gun violence. If you commit a felony with a gun, you go to prison. Ten years, minimum. I'm just using that as an example, by the way. If, If no more of this getting off easy as the Michigan State shooter did by having a felony gun charge that the prosecutor made a plea deal and the judge signed off on so that it was a misdemeanor. So he's still legally allowed to own guns, still legally allowed to buy guns, where I don't know if it would have stopped him or not. It would have made it a little more difficult for him because as we have heard now information coming out, he legally bought the guns. He, he would have had a hard time doing that, by the way, if he would have been charged on the felony charge because the prison time would have put him in prison for five years, which would have been through next year.
3: Well, the argument for a lot of people is, is that uh, there are people in society uh, who, you know, whether they're mentally ill or what, I don't know. Whether they're just frustrated, they could be depressed, could be evil, hard to say. But there are people who commit crimes that don't make any sense to the rest of us. Like, I just felt like killing a bunch of people. Or I felt like dying and I thought, hey, why not take a whole lot of people with me? And the, ar- their argument is that it would be nice if we didn't make it so easy for them. In, in other words, you know, pe- people, they say, okay, you can kill people with a vehicle, you can kill people with mm-hmm. a stick, you can kill people with just about anything. Uh, but you know, the, the less convenient the weapon, the more difficult it's going to be to kill a large number of people. Right. However, again, America,
2: Second Amendment. Yeah, I mean, and that's not going away. It it's, may someday, as, uh, in our lifetime, of, ain't happening.
3: As far as we know.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, it, 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 the other thing I, that, I, that I really, really hate about it is punishing someone who will never, ever kill anybody. Saying, you can't have a gun yeah. so that this person... Possibly might for, not kill somebody.
3: For years, I've talked to, uh, here about how th- there were two different uh, there were two different school trips I was supposed to take my senior year, and one was for performing arts, and one was for bowling. <laughs> those are
2: quite a way different. From yeah, me. well, I,
3: I had some varied interests. Anyway, uh, both of those trips were canceled, and they were canceled because. The students the previous year had misbehaved. So they punished you guys. So in order to punish those people who misbehaved (laughs) and actually got to go on their trips, they canceled the trips the year after that.
2: Which makes no sense because those kids who caused the problem were no longer even in school.
3: Right. And as you said, punishing people who have no intention of ever committing a crime with a gun, who have it for hunting, who have it for target shooting, who have it for... You know, simple home defense, personal defense, doesn't seem to make sense either.
2: Text message uh, in...
3: I think that's why this isn't that easy of a, yeah. a problem.
2: But, and it's not. I'm not saying that it is, but you're never going to get people to realistically discuss looking at the problem, like I said, until you give up those certain talking points on both sides. I'm not saying it's just liberals. I'm not saying it's just conservatives. But until you give up those talking points uh, on both sides, nobody's going to be able to come together and go, all right, let's find some common ground. Is there common ground if we give up these talking points that we're we're just sticking with where we can agree on things? And people don't even want to talk about it because, you know, they're like, no, you're not going to give it up. Here's an example. Um, Text message in, no name on this, says Biden's call for an assault weapons ban is a red herring. When they ban assault weapons and the deaths don't decrease, they will expand, expand, expand.
1: Possibly, might, be, possibly, might be true yeah, might, might not
2: be, be true um, you 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 do you you become a little frightened of it, you know with what happened at Michigan State and the first comment that Biden makes about it is this is why we need an assault weapons ban before any information is out. He uses this as a talking point once again. Like I say, you've got to get away from that talking point because an assault weapon was not used in this particular case. High-capacity magazines were not used in this particular case. Did
3: you see where yesterday a congressman... uh, I'm trying to... I I don't know the exact details, but I think there was a congressman who proposed that uh, we declare the AR-15 to be the official American gun. You know, like we have like a state bird and a right. state reptile and all that sort of thing. So
2: they want the Armalite fifteen to be the official national gun, or or do they? Did he want all guns that look like an AR fifteen be the gun? I'm I'm just curious. That just seem that seems dumb to me. Well,
3: I, like I said, I don't have the complete story. Yeah. Here we go, Alabama Republican. It says, uh, wants to proudly enshrine the AR-15 as America's national gun. Alabama Republican Congressman Barry Moore has put forward a bill making the AR-15 assault rifle the national gun of the U.S. Mr. Moore visited a gun shop in Troy in the southern part of the state on Tuesday, revealing the legislation. The anti-Second Amendment group won't stop until they take away all your firearms, he claimed in a statement after announcing the proposed law, at Family Firearms, according to uh, al.com, that's alabama.com, one rule to remember, any government that would take away one right would take away them all, and he goes on, but he he just essentially wants it to be right. the official national gun.
2: Toby writes in, uh, email mike at kby.com. Mike, go look up the criminal record of one of those uh, kids, Trayston, that just got arrested for the shooting uh, at the uh, house in the near the College of Idaho. He has a whole load of priors with guns, yet he's still running around. That's what I'm talking about. Enforce the laws that we have on books. And to start to do that, and then we can see if that stops some of the gun violence. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Take a break. One more segment uh, on the way.
0: Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back
1: to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: Jim from Eagle uh, writes in an email, Why stop at stiff penalties for gun violence? By the time most mass shooters act out with a gun, they have already acted out without one. Another point, why does the rights of a few people with mental illness who have violent histories outweigh the rights of the rest of us who have no Mental illness. That's Jim from Eagle. Uh, Another, no name on this one says, I'm afraid all this gun talk is going to make the bad guys start using using explosives. Be careful what you wish for, people. Um, Jerry
3: says, Casper, prosecutors plead down a case when they are not certain to get a conviction. I'm glad you found a couple of mass murders that fit your narrative, but the stats don't back you up. And... Jamie writes, uh, IMO, in my opinion, our justice system is working. We're to the point that it's so successful, our jails slash prisons are overcrowded. That is why there are plea agreements, lax sentencing and waiting lists at state mental facilities. Are those who want more of these criminals put away forever ready to pay more taxes to build more jails or prisons? Canyon County isn't, and it's starting to show. By
2: the way, prosecutors don't always just do plea deals because they don't think they can get a conviction. Prosecutors often also do plea deals because they have a huge caseload and it's easier to get a plea deal done than it is to take them through the expense and time of taking them to court where they can say, hey, if you do this, we won't charge you to the max.
3: So for the sake Dro- of-
2: dropping a gun felony to a misdemeanor should not be something we're talking so about
3: for the sake of efficiency, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Nathaniel, our uh, producer and I uh, have had conversations off air about this many times, and it, and it's kind of funny. I'm going to have you tell this story uh, about you know the the good guys with guns being able to stop bad guys, or even the thought like here in Idaho, we think that we don't have a lot of mass shootings because that. People would be afraid that everybody here has a gun, and Nathaniel has disagreed with me uh, on this numerous times uh, until he had someone nerd out on him. Explain how you kind of changed your way of thinking with this nerding out that you had.
12: Yeah, so I'm not a terribly large gun person in general, but uh, and and so the argument of hey, we should like give teachers guns and make sure there's people posted at schools to prevent things like this has never made a ton of sense to me because it seems like increasing the amount of guns wouldn't necessarily help solve the problem. But uh, I had a friend uh, send me something, and it said, you know, in terms of Harry Potter, um, (laughs) why hasn't there ever been like a mass spelling where people walked around just going, Avada Kedavra, Avada Kedavra, Avada Kedavra? Um, And someone goes, oh, well, you know, they can't. Because every teacher has a wand, and every student has a wand, and everybody else can do the same thing, so there's no way for that to happen. And there's holes in the analogy, sure, but it did help me make a modicum of sense of the argument. You, and I you finally went,
2: aha, all right, now I see the I've, other side. side of that.
12: I was going to say, personally, I've never been
3: above using fiction to make a point. <laughs>
2: You get a one. You get a one. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing that, that story. Sorry to put you on the spot there. Um, text message in at 208-336-3700 says, I'm a probation and parole officer. Shootings have become more common lately in the Treasure Valley. I believe that is because the judges and prosecutors have been dropping and dismissing charges when felons have guns, including placing them back on probation with little or no consequences. That comes from a probation and parole officer. So I I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but you probably know a little bit more than I would more than the average person would if that is true. Uh, another text message, to Chris's point, you can also manufacture your own guns in yeah, your home true. Tr- completely legally using some basic tools. So unless you're going to ban drills and bench vices, anybody can make one completely oh, legally. And of course, works. if you're prohibited uh uh, possessor, it would be illegal once you made the gun, but that's not going right. to stop you from making it. And
3: that was based on when I said that uh, when uh, there's a mass shooting, where the person got the gun is never the first thing I, I, wor- I wonder about.
2: Yeah. Thanks for the phone calls and emails. Just about out of time. But before we leave, I promised you another five pack of tickets for kids fair coming up this Saturday, Expo Idaho. Caller number six. You're going to get that five pack. That's enough for uh, everybody to go out and meet Peppa Pig and take your kids, your grandkids. Caller six.